Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. To the On My Block podcast. I'm your host, Mike Walt. I'm going solo today. My partner, Amon, is at an esports tournament. So check him out at Amon Green 30. You can find me at Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. We're going to be talking a little bit of Packers Bucks, but we're really going to look forward to this Patriots game. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager all of your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Better Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. So head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's start. This show with what's in the news today. First and foremost, speaking of betting, the Packers open at 10.5 points. That means they're a 10.5 point favorite. Now, I don't know if Bill Belichick has ever coached a team, or at least during his time with the Patriots, that they're 10.5 point underdogs, even on the road in Lambeau. But is anybody out there taking a bet on the Patriots as 10.5 point underdogs? I, I'm a Packers fan. Not a chance I'm betting 10.5 points, getting Bill Belichick 10.5 points on anything. Uh, we're going to find some props bets maybe later on here in the show, but that's a tough one. Maybe part of that is because Mac Jones is hurt. He's got a high ankle sprain. It looks to be out. A lot of people said that, or they've said that a lot of people could potentially have a surgery coming off a sprain as severe as his is. Brian Hoyer looks like he's going to start. I don't know if I feel any differently about their room or about their team if going from Mac Jones, the way he's playing right now, turning the ball over, Versus Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer has played for I think seven different teams in this in this uh, in this league. He has experience. And from an offensive perspective, the people that are in the building are going to understand how to curate that play sheet for things that specifically Brian Hoyer is good at. And Brian Hoyer likes. And what will happen is not only they've already done it with some of the install, but on Friday night or Saturday night. He'll sit down with, and I know who I don't know who the offensive coordinator is there. I don't think anybody actually knows, but he'll sit down with the staff, Bill Belichick and his staff. And Brian will say, Hey, on third and eight, I like this play, short yardage, this play. These are my go-to plays. I want to take shots. I want to try this play three, four times in the game. Devontae Parker's hot. I want to get him on a poster out against so-and-so three, four times in the game. They'll highlight those plays, and that means those players are going to come up maybe more than they would have with Mac Jones. But just apples to apples. Mac Jones had three turnovers, I think, last week. They had four turnovers and five possessions in the second half last week. Got scored 23-6 and lost to the Ravens. You look at this team and you go, I don't know that I feel any different that Brian Hoyer's in the game versus Mac Jones. In other news, from the Packers' side, 
Special teams kicker, punter, excuse me. I know there's a difference. Pat O'Donnell was named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Now, everybody's making a big deal about this. Rich Versace, you know, it's, it's what you expect is what you get. And I, I, the culture, I love Rich Versace. I love what he's bringing to it. I think they are playing better. I do ask you this, though. If you're a fan of the Packers and your punter wins NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, is that a good thing? Because that means that he's punting a lot. And what we would like to see is like when Pat McAfee went up in the NFL draft and went to, I think he went to Tennessee and said, you guys probably don't know who I am because last time we played you, I only, I only punted once because we beat the brakes off you so badly. But congratulations to Pat O'Donnell. Listen, anytime you win an award in this league, it's very, very difficult to do. And so you have to, uh, you have to celebrate the moments, even though, again, I'm not sure that we want the punter to be the NFC special teams player of the week and health news injury wise. We got, uh, Christian Watson and Jerry Alexander were back at practice on Wednesday. Um, I know that Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are flip-flopping what days are going to have off during the week, but it looks like we're going to have a relatively healthy squad going into the game. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about what the wide receiver room looks like after last week's performance. Clearly the standout, I think, for obvious reasons, is Romeo Dobbs, because not because that he had the most catches, most numbers, because I think Cobb and Lazard kind of are already – established players and we're looking for Lazard to be that number one guy. And I think he kind of proved that he might be that number one guy, but Dobbs showed up and he showed up big on that second and two. First time we threw him the ball, got open against coverage on that, on that deep play action play. And listen, those are the kind of plays that Aaron Rodgers loves when he is able to sink on that play action and then immediately spray the ball out. I think they had a, uh, maybe a 12 yard dig route or an in cut. And when you get that, it's that sour relief. We talked about it before. It's just that, okay, this kid can play. They hooked up a couple more times during the game. And now you look at that room, even with Sammy Watkins on IR, because let's be honest, we're all hoping that Sammy Watkins was going to be the guy, but we also know that he has an injury history, and this is just kind of more of the same, unfortunately, for him, because I think he has a lot of potential and certainly showed it in spots in that first game. But when you look at it, you have Romeo Dobbs can make some plays. You obviously have Alan Lazard, who does so much in this offense, aside from hopefully being the number one receiver. But I love everything he brings to the game from toughness, from blocking. I just love everything about him. If He's a consummate pro, and he's like one of the first guys I would draft off this team to be in my locker room. And then you have Randall Cobb, uh, Mercedes Lewis at the tight end position. Tight end still trying to figure some things out. We talked about it a little bit with uh, Andy Herman today, and we talked about it last last show with – is he – are we using him the right way given what his skill set is and given what his um, affliction to really, really heavy contact in the run game is? I'm not sure. But you pair those guys with your two running backs who are stars in this league, could both be pro bowlers in my opinion, especially at the end of last year in looking at Aaron Jones early in this season with these yards per carrier is very, very high. Now you look at Christian Watson as like we can build a little part of the play sheet out for Christian, whether it's the reverses, whether it's a couple, a couple, three, four, five, deep posts against quarters coverage, you know, uh, in, in these kind of games, the Patriots do like to play quarters. The Patriots do like to play that shell defense and kind of keep everybody in front of you. Do they have people in the back that we can manipulate their eyes a little bit with Aaron and get Christian Watson on a couple go routes or a couple post routes because man, that kid can fly and we really need him to hook up here and, and have the kind of impact that maybe a Dobbs had and be able to build off something of substance uh, aside. I know he's made a couple catches and he had a couple end arounds, but really what you want to see is some splash plays that really threaten the defense. So I feel pretty good about 
that room going into this game. Uh, I think they're going to get opportunities, certainly the way the Pats play. We haven't quite talked about the Patriots yet, but the way they, they go about their business, I think there'll be opportunities to catch and run after the catch uh, at, at all different levels of, of the field. It's just a question of, can we make it go? Can we give him, can we give Aaron Rodgers time? Can we, can we put ourselves in a position to be successful given that the pages come out in multiple fronts and multiple personnel uh, packages to kind of throw off our offense. The next thing for me is what do the Packers need to move in forward? So we we're two and one Packers come off a big win in Tampa Bay. It was an ugly win or it was a defensive battle. I think it's probably the best way, better way to put it. But I think from an offensive standpoint, there's a lot to improve on. Um, and it's just back to the fun, fundamentals. Now, hopefully, they've been doing they've been doing this all week, but specifically, you saw some holes, or some chinks in the armor when we were running our our toss plays, our crack plays, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said no more and just started attacking our edges, and they were attacking our tight ends, um, and and no one was was safe to be honest. They attacked at the the B gap, they attacked our tackles, and they just got penetration. So. I don't know that the Patriots necessarily have the same personnel as Tampa. I, in fact, I can tell you right now that they do not. But the sentiment of being able to crash the ends and be able to slant people into the run uh, is something that, you know, now that we've shown that we're susceptible to it, we're going to have to show that we can overcome it or we have an answer for it. Otherwise, it's going to continue to happen. We need to improve our operations in general. And by operations, I mean the basics on the interior offensive line of being able to double team, come off blocks uh, to have good mesh points with our double teams so that people aren't penetrating in situations where we should have, you know, four, four feet, four hands on, on one human being and being able to look at that second level and not getting beat for penetration inside. Maybe one of the other things is maybe as a team overall in the locker room, when you're, when the starting quarterback goes down, you're 10 and a half point favorites. You just played one of the better teams in the NFC. The Patriots aren't really picked to do anything this year. They don't look on paper or they don't really look on film like they're world beaters. They're, you know, they're a Bill Belichick coach team. They're well coached. Um, they're disciplined. They do things the right way and they're incredibly smart. They're high football IQ guys. But is there a opportunity to become overconfident? And I was thinking about you know, as an athlete, anybody who's had any success has probably gone into a game with a confidence level that was not deserving of where you were and where your opponent was. And I remember very specifically, I can't remember, it's 2002 or three, but the first game of the season, we played the Atlanta Falcons and it was, we won the game in the last play. We ran 99 G lead. Amon came in for a touchdown on the one yard line, but it was kind of a Michael Vick coming out party. And he torched us, man. It was like literally watching, uh, watching, you know, your older brother play against the play against the uh, elementary school kids in the sandlot. Like he, the guy was just super, super talented. But I remember up front, we put such a beating on their defensive line. We ran for a ton of yards, uh, just kind of controlled the ball, did whatever we wanted to do against that defense that we went into the playoffs that year. And they, they came up to Lambeau. And I think it was one of those games that was, you know, under 26 degrees, uh, the Packers were 25 and 0 or some ridiculous thing over the last 30 years. And I remember looking across and the Atlanta Falcons were all no sleeves, you know, had the Vaseline on their arms and jumping up and down and ready to go. And they and we were all I mean, we overconfidence. That's as overconfident as you could be 
given the fact that you're an NFL player and you're in a playoff game. We thought we were just going to beat the brakes off them like we did the last time. And they just gave it to us. And we couldn't run against them. We couldn't do anything against the Atlanta Falcons defense. They outplayed us for the entirety of the game. They beat us for the first time. And I, I don't remember the the record. It was 25 years or something, though, that, you know, it was under 26 degrees outside and we lost the game. We were the we, we started a really, really bad trend there. I think that went on for a couple of years. But that overconfidence can really kill a team. Uh, this is one of those games I think that we have to go into as as Green Bay fans and Green Bay uh, as, as the Green Bay Packers locker room, just understanding that this is a Bill Belichick coach team that is full of professionals that have been to the mountaintop, know what it takes to get there, know how to prepare for success, and know that and understand that confidence and preparation is the most important confidence that you can get. So, I'm excited to watch this game. Uh, I think defensively, you know, I think we're minus two in turnovers right now. Mac Jones turned the ball over three times last week. I think uh, Nelson Aguilar had a, had a fumble as well. Uh, so, I, you know, again, four out of the last five possessions, they had turnovers. And you look at their team, and I think it's just ripe for the Packers to get kind of get on the turnover kick a little bit more. It would be nice to grab, you know, two, three turnovers in this game, turn around to points and just get that. We're doing so many good things on defense. I think adding to the turnover battle would be huge for us. I think as the season goes on, you, that's a momentum thing for sure. Once a team knows, it's like Charles Tillman. Once everybody knew that Charles Tillman could knock out the ball, it became infectious right on the Chicago Bears defense. I think they, they broke the league record for fumbles forced uh, back maybe 10, 15 years ago. But it was all because really Charles Tillman, Peanut Tillman, started learning how to punch the ball out. And once one guy did it, everybody started doing it. So I think that is a, a great opportunity for our guys to – take a leap forward on the defensive side as far as turnovers, keep doing what we're doing as far as maintaining uh, that intensity that they brought to the last game. Um, you look at the Patriots as a team now. The Patriots are the ultimate sum is greater, you know, the, the total is greater than some of the parts. Um, they just play well. I know Devon Gotcha was a kid that we had in Miami. He's a phenomenal run-stopping player, uh, number 92 on the team. He'll play against our, our guards and, and give them fits. He's a great leverage player. Um, Lawrence Guy, I think he was injured yesterday. He, I think he's a Packer, actually, a former Packer. But Lawrence Guy has been a great player for them. Uh, been one of their top guys for a number of years. And, you know, he's not flashy. He can just kind of get the job done. They do have two built-in pass rushers now in Wise and Judon. I think combined they have seven sacks. So – they're going to give us trouble. Judon in particular, he can kind of move them around everywhere. And, and they play a base 3-4. They play nickel. They move those guys around. Um, they're very, very happy to walk up some of their linebackers into, into the gaps and, and make and force our, our uh, 1v1 blocking. So I think there's some opportunities all over the board, realistically, for us to have success. But also, we need to be very vigilant about the fact that they do have some pass rush capability. And again, they're able to disguise coverages as well as anybody in the league. Um, they might come out and play cover four. Shell played the six all day. They might drop eight all day. You just don't know with the Bill Belichick team. They're trying to pick up tendencies just as you're trying to pick them up on there. And they seem to be better at making in-game adjustments historically or as good as anybody in the league. So I think that's really our ability to stay on schedule, our ability to uh, – Take it the distance if, if that's what it calls for. In other words, are we able to have 10, 12, 15 play drives in order to score touchdowns and not into field goals or, or ending with a punt? You know, a lot of teams now are very happy to just sit back and say, you can run it, you can get six yards of carry. I don't think you're going to, I don't think you'll run the ball 20 times in a row or 10 times in a row. 
I think you're going to have a holding call or a false start. I think you're going to put yourself in a third and long. And then when you do that, we'll dial up our pressure package. We'll get you to punt the ball and we get the ball back. A lot of teams are willing to do that. Nobody does it better than a Belichick coach team. They pressure when they have to, but generally speaking, they want you to make your mistakes. Um, I don't know if he's going to do that against an Aaron Rodgers led team, but it'll be interesting to see that matchup. Certainly. Then on the other side of the ball, listen, their offensive line is very well coached. Um, they've got some guys there. We talked about earlier. Mike Wanu is the right guard is 350 pounds. I'm really looking forward to that matchup versus Kenny Clark. I think that guy's an absolute stud. Uh, Cole Strange is their left guard, UT Chattanooga rookie, first round pick, really good athlete. I think he's a guy that if you look at where some of the opportunities are in the game um, between him and David Andrews, I think we can pass rush both those guys. I think if we bring pressure, which we're not you know prevalent to do, but if you bring DB pressure, it's been shown that he gets a little, he lacks a little bit of eye discipline. So if we run some stunts across his face, we can get him to move off the spot and maybe get home. Certainly uh, Isaiah Wynn. Uh, is still there. Trent Brown is back after uh, I can't remember. He was a, a, a short stint somewhere else. He's back. And and those guys are, are mountains of men. Uh, that'll be a good matchup for our defensive or outside linebackers, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. I think those are matchups that we expect to win. But again, the Patriots do a really good job of, of trying to keep their guy clean of trying to get the ball out on time and, and mix it up enough where they have an O-line that can create holes in the run game, especially if they're going to spread you out and you go six in the box, five in the box. So we have to be smart about that. Turnovers are just killing that team. Um, you know, you turn the ball over four times in, in the second half against the Ravens, you're going to lose. But that's really kind of been the name of the game. I don't know if they're stopping themselves. I think they're just making a lot of errors, uh, mental errors that in these big costly plays. Obviously, last week, Devontae Parker is a name that I know very well. He was in Miami, first-round draft pick, has all the talent in the world, for a number of reasons, a lot, which have not his fault at all. He did not, you know, life didn't pan out for him in, in Miami, maybe as it should have, maybe as it would now if he was there with this coach. But uh, he's in a great spot. He certainly exploded last week for a huge game. He just showed the talent that he has, his ability to go up and get the ball. He can outrun you. He's a big body. He's, you know, he's strong, physical Louisville guy. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I won't be this weekend, but I know he'll give us trouble if we allow him to because he's a hell of a player. So, for me, that's a quick preview, guys. And, and listen, Packer fans, the keys to the game on defense, it's this. We have a, a great defense, a top five defense. We've been talking about it all week. And, and, and the Patriots, they have a couple of plays every every quarter that just schematically, uh, execution-wise, they just don't amount to anything. It's just you watch the film and they go, oh, this play doesn't even make any sense. Why are they doing what they're doing? Can we capitalize on those situations and then just put them in very, very poor positions? Positions that allow us to heat up their quarterback, whether it's Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer, and, make, and force him to make kind of some bad decisions, make some turnovers like they've been prevalent to do in the last couple of weeks. And on offense, guys, we talked about it. Can we stay on schedule and go the distance? And I think the question that we're still looking for is who is our go-to playmaker game to game, week to week? Is it going to be somebody different? We talked about this a little bit. Is it going to be Romeo Dobbs? Is it going to be Alan Lazard? Is it going to be Christian Watson? Do we have a guy, is it maybe going to be Aaron Jones? Do we have a receiver that when it comes down to third and 12 and it's a got to have it play, a fourth and four, it's got to have it play. Do Are we going to have a guy that can just beat coverage and get open and make it happen for Aaron. 
because that's the kind of confidence we had in Devante. That's, you know, that's the piece that you probably miss the most. It's not the first down, second down plays. It's the fourth and fours. It's the third and twelves where you're just like, man, I got to have this. I know exactly where I'm going with the ball. The whole team just feels like, man, if we just offensive line, if we can just block for two seconds, Devontae's going to get open. We're good to go. Like there's a belief that comes with having a guy at that level. And the faster we figure out who that guy is, or if it's a number of guys that can make those plays for, for Aaron, then I think the better off we're going to be. And the other question I have is, and this is kind of based off our, our last podcast and, and seeing some of the tendency breakers they did in the second half and some of the checkdowns we had to our, our tight end. Is there any chance that we go like 10 or 20 personnel with, with one or two running backs in situations, take our tight end out of the game, use three wide receivers and AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones to block on the edges. If we worried about wise and worried about Judon worried about pressure and then let those guys leak out and take those guys against their linebackers, take those guys against their safeties and see if we can get some more yards after contact. We can get that hidden yardage back that we were missing last weekend when we dropped the ball off to a Tunyon and he was getting, you know, tackled a little bit sooner than later. So those are some of the questions and keys of the game that I have. I'm excited for this game. Um, maybe the matchup that I'm most excited about is they've got Hunter Henry and, and uh, John Smith, and they are phenomenal tight ends. I love that they're so well coached in new England and they're listening. I think we both, I think everybody knows them from their ability to make plays in the passing game, but these guys are called upon to do a lot in the run game. I mean, last week, John Smith had to, John Smith had to, had a wham block, a 355 pound defensive tackle. I couldn't, I couldn't believe my eyes. Now he didn't do a very good job of it, but the fact that they even asked him to do it means that they have a lot of confidence in their tight ends. They want to keep them in the game. Uh, they're, they do a great job of blocking on the edge. And so our outside linebackers and our ability to defeat those blocks are going to be a big part of, of holding them in the running game and, and creating kind of a one-way offense or a, a one-dimensional offense, excuse me. So I think Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith in particular are much better run defenders than they are run blockers. And they're going to be called upon, especially if they stay in base and we go 3-4 with our big three in the middle – that's going to give us an opportunity to win on the edges. And if we can win on the edges and force them into third long situations, I think we're going to have a lot of success this week. So that's it for the week, guys. Um, actually, you know what? Before we go there, let's let's do some of these prop bets because there's a game tonight, the Miami Bengals game. And I got on betonline.ag. You know, Listen to some of the prop bets we can get. First half margin of victory, plus 800 Miami Dolphins by 13 or more. So that means if, if, the, if the Dolphins are winning 14-0, you're 8-1 to one odds. Uh, first quarter margin of victory, uh, Cincinnati by 1-6 to six points, 3.5 to 1 odds, plus 350. I mean, we're talking, let's see, first score of the game, a safety's worth five, you know, 50 to 1 odds. Bengals field goal, plus 315. I mean, there are some... If you're a fan of sports betting, there are some incredible prop bets on all of these games. But starting tonight, there are some incredible prop, prop bets with the action that we got going on tonight. Now, if we just look at week to week here. Forgive me one second when I dial this up with uh, betonline.ag. We got Minnesota and New Orleans. New Orleans is... Uh, or excuse me, Minnesota. I think I believe that's the game in London. 
That's Minnesota uh, is favored by two and a half. Uh, I'll take that all day. I take Minnesota with the points. I think if they're going to beat New Orleans, I think New Orleans is really struggling. We got Tennessee at Indy. Indy's actually favored in this game. I'm surprised it's at home. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee with the points. That's a three and a half point spread. The over-under is 43. I'd take the under. Chicago, New York, the battle of who cares. Uh, listen, the Giants are, are favored by three points there at home. I actually would take Chicago in this game. I think Justin Fields has something to prove, man. The guy's got to show up at some point and make some plays. They got to give him an opportunity to give him more dropbacks than, you know, 14. Over under 39 and a half there. I'm going to take the over. Bills and Ravens. I think this is going to be a, man, this is going to be a good game to watch. Uh, hopefully this, uh, this is a 12 p.m. game too, so you won't miss this. You can watch this before you watch the Packers. You got Bills by three here. It probably sounds right, even though it's at home with the Ravens. I think the Ravens will score a lot of points here, but their secondary just gave up so much to the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. Um, they gave actually gave up a ton to uh, to New England last week. They just had some turnovers, or they, they created some turnovers. But over-under is 51. Jeez, oh, I think I'll take the over. What's that? That'd be a uh, – what would 51 be? A 26-25 game, so 27-23, 20 is, is under. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. 30-27, 57-point game, something like that. Chargers-Texans. I think this is going to be a really good game. Chargers are favored by five. Texas has been playing super tough. Bosa's out. We got rib problems with their quarterback at Herbert. Rashawn Slater, one of the better young tackles in the league, is out for the season. I think they're reeling over in in, in uh, Los Angeles, almost at San Diego. I'm going to take the Texans with points here for sure. Under is 44. I'll take the under. Seahawks-Lions. Let's take the Lions. Don't really care. Let's go down. Is there any other good games here? Jacksonville-Philly. That should be an interesting game for the over-under at 46 points. I'd take the over there. I think both teams can put up some points. Uh, Jacksonville seems to be playing pretty well, but Philly's definitely the class of the uh, NFC right now and, and for the most part the class of the NFL. Uh, maybe the last one's Chiefs and uh, Chiefs and Bucks is a, is a you pick them. I'm going to take the Bucks at home. God, am I going to take the Bucks at home there? 45 and a half over under? I am. I'm going to take the over and, and I'm going to take the Bucks. And then we've got the last game of the week. Rams, Niners, Niners favored by one, basically a pick them game. Boy, that's a tough one. It's at home in San Francisco. I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to take the under 42 and a half. Sports betting makes the game a little bit more exciting. And if you can figure out how to parlay them, it makes it that much better. So enjoy it. Enjoy the week, guys. Hope this helped you in preparation for your Packers-Pats game. It's going to be a good one. I expect it to be much closer than the spread, and uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Follow me at MikeWall68 across to perform on Instagram. On my blog podcast, pick it up wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you soon, guys. Thanks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.